Hi, good morning. I'm glad you could be with us this morning. I wanted to look at a passage of scripture this morning. And as you can see from the title of this uh, little message this morning from the Bible, it says, are we standing in God's way? Well, I would hope that if you were a follower of Christ, that you would say, well, I hope not. I certainly hope not. I'm not blocking God's way. And you know, me either. I don't want to be blocking God's way. I want to be someone who helps and makes things happen, makes things go ahead. I don't want to be the one who say, I'm stopping God's will and going forward. So this morning, let's take a look at that. And we'll begin by that little discussion from an incident that happened to the disciples in the book of Acts. If you find in your Bible, the book of Acts, if you need to pause and go get your Bible, that's fine. But you should read this yourself and see it in your own Bible. So Acts chapter 11. And if you have that and find that, I would like for us to begin at the very first verse. Acts chapter 1. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So Peter went up to Jerusalem. The circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of an uncircumcised man and ate with them. That was their criticism. Well, we might ask, well, what is this about? What is this about? This is a, such an incredibly crucial moment in the book of Acts. You may not catch it right at the first, but it is an incredible moment because it is marking a significant, this is a sea change, as it were, moment in the book of Acts and in the Christian church. I'd like to have you notice that as we think about that. Now, how would I say that? Why would I say that? It's because of the sequence that is happening. We have the stoning of Stephen, and then we have an important moment that happens in chapter 10, seven, eight, nine, and 10. These chapters all kind of go together and they follow a sequence in the story of how this developed and what was taking place. We were down at the end of the 490 year prophecy that came out of Daniel 9, 24. In fact, that came to a great conclusion, came to a great conclusion at the stoning of Stephen. When Stephen was stoned, that marked the end of the prophecy of 490 years from Daniel saying, that's the amount of time that would be given to Israel to decide whether they were going to follow God or not, to accept Jesus when he came. They did not. They rejected him. They put him on a cross and killed him. Well, then they also went after his follower and stoned Stephen. So that feeds into what's happening in this story. It is the mark of when the gospel now goes to the Gentiles. It's an incredible moment in prophecy. It's an incredible moment in the Bible. And it's an incredible moment to see how the church, the Christian church, reacted when this took place. So go on with verse 4. Here we go. Starting with verse 4. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them, the whole story. Well, what story was he telling? He's not talking about starting with Adam and Eve. He's talking about the story of why 
these Gentiles came and why he went into the house of the Gentiles, which was thought to be unclean. They were not to go into the house because they were not ceremonially cleaned as you were. That was part of the ritual and the regulations that were given that the Jews followed rigorously. So they would not go into a house. But Peter and his people that were with him, other believers, circumcised believers, went in. So now he's going to tell the story. And this story is told as he repeats basically what happened in Acts chapter 10. I invite another time you go back and read that whole story of chapter 10. But here are the highlights. There was a man by the name of Cornelius. And he lived in Caesarea. Caesarea is on the west coast. It is on the Mediterranean Sea of Israel. And there was a garrison of Roman uh, soldiers there. He was a centurion. And as a centurion, he was in charge of 100 soldiers who were under his command. Well, he was stationed there as a Roman citizen and as a Roman soldier. And he was stationed there in Caesarea. And so the angel of the Lord came to him and appeared to him in a vision and told him that he needs to send people to Joppa. Send your men, the angel said, send your men to Joppa and bring back Peter, Simon Peter. And he is staying with a tanner in uh, Joppa that is by the sea, which would be very close to where they were. So Peter had been traveling and he was over uh, by the Mediterranean Sea in Joppa. And so the Lord sent this message to the centurion to Cornelius, send some men down. So he ordered some men to come and find him. Now, here is this thing that was happening. And if you were uh, understand what happened in chapter 10, verse nine, as you're looking there, while Peter was in this house, it was about noon, about ready to eat. He went up onto the top of the roof, which was flat and often used like a patio. And he was up on top and he fell asleep in a trance and had a vision. And he saw this huge sheet being lowered down full of all kinds of unclean animals for the Jewish, which they would say from Leviticus 11, what's clean and what's unclean. So he said all kinds of unclean animals that were in it. And the Lord said, arise and eat. And Peter said, oh, no, I can't do that. No, no, I can't eat the uh, unclean. And the sheet went up. And then it came down a second time. And in the second time, he was asked again to rise and eat. And he says, no, no, Lord, I can't do that. A third time, the same thing happened. That rising and going down. Chapter 10 tells all about it. Well, he went on to share the story and the experience of what happened. That story he told to these people in Jerusalem. And back in chapter 11, he said, right then, as this was happening, and I was feeling this and sensing this, right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea, from Cornelius, stepped at the house, stopped right in front of the house, and there where I was staying. And the Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also, and he was talking about the other believers that were with him who had traveled to Jerusalem. These six brothers who went with me and we entered the man's house. Oh, that was a no-no. Well, why did the spirit say that? Why did the spirit of God order Peter to go and to go into the house, to go against the regulations that he'd grown up with about 
not associating, not going into a house, not, you would defile yourself. Why would the spirit say, go with them and travel with them and go into their home? Well, he told us, he said, verse 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 13, he told us how he had seen an angel. This is Cornelius told us how he had seen an angel appear to his house and say, send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. And as I began to speak, Peter saying this, now he's telling these people in Jerusalem who are criticizing him for going into the house. And as I began to speak to Cornelius, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. At the beginning. What Peter was referring to was he was talking about the pouring out of Pentecost in chapter 2. If you're familiar with what happened, they were in the upper room and they were waiting and praying. And the Holy Spirit got poured out on the 50th day, on the day of Pentecost. And as you remember, they had tongues of fire that settled on their head and they spoke in tongues. The spirit poured out of them and that people listened to them. 2000 were baptized that day. Came to believe in Christ. That was an, a pouring out of the Holy Spirit, pouring out of that. And as he was saying this, as he was making this comment, he noticed that that was the same exact thing that happened at Cornelius's house. In fact, back in chapter 10, if you just hold your finger there, back in chapter 10, verse 45, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God, exactly the same as they had heard and experienced when they were in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. This is amazing. It is amazing that this had happened. It is amazing that the poured out the spirit and it awakened within Peter an incredible vision of what had taken place. All right, back to Acts chapter 11. I hope you're still with it. Acts chapter 11, verse 16. So we're going back there. And he said, then, then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So, Peter's reasoning with these people in Jerusalem. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way. And when I read that, it started me thinking. I've been in the ministry a long time. And I look back over my ministry and I ask myself the question, have I stood in God's way? Well, I'd like to tell you, well, of course not. And I would hope that would be the case. But if we were to accurately reflect 
what the story is about in that question and where Peter was in this experience. I could say, well, if so, how did I do it? How might I might have blocked what happened? When Peter was in Cornelius's house, he was going against all the regulations and traditions that he had been taught since a child. Jews were extremely careful not to cross the threshold into a Gentile's house. It was considered that you would become unclean and you had to go through quite a ritual to come back to be clean. It was a long process. So naturally, he was hesitant to go. And he wouldn't have gone if he had not had the experience of the sheet being lowered up and down. If he had not been heard God say, what I have declared, you have declared unclean, I have declared clean. He would not have if the spirit had not led him downstairs to see that these men had come. He would not have if he had not heard the story from Cornelius about what had happened. And as he put all those together, as he saw those together, he said, I need to follow what Lord is doing. See, he asked himself the question, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? That really gave me pause. You do a lot of soul searching when you get that kind of a question, don't you? As a pastor, I don't want to stand in God's way. I don't want to block off what he's doing, where he's leading. You know, the only thing that remains constant is change. You wear that? You probably heard that. But things are constantly changing. My dad, bless my dad, he lived to be 95 years of age. And my dad was able in his life to see the history and development of flight. The Wright brothers had just flown when he was born, but he saw all the development coming up until he was riding on a jet. Amazing things that he saw as he watched everything changing in my life, I've watched a lot of things changing, including, <laughs> including being able to be on the Internet and to send you my words over the Internet. It has changed our world. Our world is constantly changing. We've been examining about COVID-19 and how it has affected us and how we can do ministry. And, and we're still trying to feel our way on how that would work trying to keep safe. We've have had a real up uh, number of cases here in Collier County. It causes us to be very careful. I have my own son and, and his daughter and my daughter-in-law that have COVID right now, and we're worried about them. We want them to get well. So there are lots of precautions and wearing masks and, and all kinds of things, and it makes it difficult. But even so, 
We wonder if that is opening a door for us and a door to open. So what made the difference for Peter? What made the difference that he, that he would go ahead and walk through that? Well, that he would go into this man's house knowing that when he got back to Jerusalem, he'd be severely criticized. What, what would that cause him to do? What would make him do that? I would like to suggest that what made him do that, what, what caused him to do that was watching the promptings of the Holy Spirit. That it was the Holy Spirit that set the whole thing up from going and appealing there to Cornelius to send men to go find Simon Peter. Because Cornelius was a very religious man. He gave offerings. He was a man of prayer. God knew he was an earnest seeker, but he needed to know about Christ. So the Holy Spirit sent him. And then Peter on Patom the Roof with the vision that he had of the of the sheet being lowered with the animal. Isn't that a crazy story? But it's an amazing thing, really. And being prompted to go to, and to go with them, being told by the Spirit to go with them. And, he, and the Holy Spirit led him into that place. And I was thinking about that and going, prompting of the Holy Spirit. Prompting to go. I've told this story before, but I think it's fitting. I was doing some classwork and on extension from Andrews, and it happened, this class happened to be held in, at Walla Walla University, out in Walla Walla College Place, Washington. And as I was there uh, going to classes, we had been in classes. It was a two-week class, six hours a day. You think it never ends. But while I was there on a Sunday, I had time for me to wash my clothes. And I noticed as I was walking on campus from where I was staying in the basement of the girls' dorm, I was, I was walking and the campus was barely empty. And, and as I was walking to where the class was held, I walked past a laundromat right on the main drag. And so throughout the week, I said, well, I'll come and wash my clothes there on Sunday. So sure enough, as I got my clothes ready on Sunday morning, had breakfast, got my clothes ready, and I took my book that I was studying and looking at and um, for my class. And as I was walking down, I was walking out of the dorm with my clothes and suds and soap. And, and uh, one of the other pastors, they were getting in the car and they said, well, Bill, where are you going? And I said, well, I'm, I'm going to go down to the laundromat. I'm going to wash, wash my clothes. And the, the, the uh, guy said, well, don't do that. Go upstairs. Upstairs in the, uh, just the next flight up, there's laundromat and it's cheaper than it is down. And I said, oh, I didn't know there was one up there. Said, yeah, that's up there. You can go up there. Oh, okay. So they drove away. I turned around, started marching back towards the dorm. When all of a sudden I said, well, you know, I think I'm going to go back to the laundromat. I'm going to go to the laundromat. Even though it's uh, a nickel more per, per load, I'm going to go back. So I turned around again. I walked down, went into the laundromat. There was nobody there. So I was able to put my clothes in the machines and we were doing several machines at the same time and making it all work. And I sat down to read my book. And I hadn't been there very long when a woman came in with two small children. This is before school started. A couple of weeks before school was to start for the uh, college semester. And so I nodded to her when she came in and, and uh, she put her things in her machines and try and take care of her kids. And, and they didn't bother me. So I went back and I was reading 
And I happened to read something funny in the book, and it made me chuckle out loud. And the woman said, oh, oh, I'm sorry, are my children bothering you? And I said, no, 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 they're not bothering me. And they're just fine. They're just, they're kids. They're just fine. And I said, and she said, well, what are you, what are you reading? And I, I, well, I told her I had found something funny in the book, so that's why I was laughing. She said, well, what are you reading? And I said, well, actually, actually, I'm reading a book on liturgy. And she goes, liturgy, are, are you a pastor? And I said, yes. Yes, I'm a pastor. I don't look like it today. I'm in my jeans and in my T-shirts. Um, yeah, that's what I am. I'm a pastor, and I'm here taking a class. Oh, she said. I was planning on committing suicide today. Oh. Oh, I said, and I closed my book. And my pastoral counseling thing started coming back, and I engaged her in conversation, and I said, well, how would you do that? Have you thought about how you do that? And she said, yes. She talked to me about her plan and her children, and she said, take her children over to this babysitter and give them clean clothes, and she'd be done. She was, she was done. And I chatted with her. I folded my clothes, chatting with her, and then I helped her get connected to some of the social help there at the college. I was on my way back to the dorm with my clothes, thinking about what had just taken place. And as I was walking back, I got to the very spot where those two pastors had said to me, Bill, why don't you wash your clothes up in in the girl's dorm, it's cheaper. And it hit me. The reason that I had turned around and gone back down to the laundry is because the Holy Spirit needed to have me at that spot to meet that woman when she came in. And I was so humbled and so, so stunned by that as I was standing in that same exact spot on the sidewalk outside the girl's dorm that I almost couldn't walk. And all I could say is, Lord, thank you. Thank you for overpowering my own desire to save money. And said to me, so, so I believe that the Holy Spirit prompts us, prompted Peter, prompts us in ways that we think, oh, let me do this, let me do that, to help in his cause. And his cause. All right, back to Acts chapter 11. I want to finish the slide. Back. Acts 11, verse 18. And when the critics, when the critics heard this, they had no further objections. Praise God, saying, So then, even to the Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. And it opened the doorway for the gospel to go to the Gentiles, to all of us who are not of Jewish heritage. It truly was a praise God moment. It truly was a moment to give our joy and thanksgiving to God. I praise and thank God for turning me around on that sidewalk.
And there have been other incidents in my ministry. I don't want to relate the ones where I may have been in God's way. But I want the spirit to prompt and to lead, not for us to force it or think we have to do it, but the Lord to lead. And if we are gentle and kind and open to his promptings, I believe God will lead us where he wishes us to be and let him deal with the results. Hmm? Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this incredible story. The story of how Cornelius sent to have Peter come and to share the gospel and how Peter overcame this tradition and overcame this natural way of barrier that he had and he entered into the house. I thank you that the Holy Spirit signified the importance of that by its outpouring and the Holy Spirit coming upon these Gentiles just the same as he had at Pentecost. And I thank you that you prompt us today to follow you. Open those doors for us in our ministry and in our ways. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you next week.